we can't we worked best when we could work as a community we can share you know you, no one liked the person that was hoarding all the toilet paper or now the baby formula or whatever it's like no, no no we need to share because we're a community so we're fortunate to have some sort of thing resource in the, in the world let's be kind and actually try and share it with each other i try and do that with my knowledge i try and share it with this podcast and you know i want hopefully my legacy will be of a leader that uh just led with aloha I don't get it perfect, but I do want to make sure that I have my own brand of method of leadership that I think there's somebody in there. If I get to positively influence even a small handful of leaders in the Air Force, I personally am going to be very, very grateful that I've made the Air Force a little bit better when I joined it and when I left it because I led with aloha. Positive energy activates constant elevation. Three, two, one. What is up, everybody? You are listening. You are watching to the Constant Elevation Podcast. I am your host, as always, Gabe Rock. Hope you guys are enjoying. Uh, you should, by the time you're listening to this, you should be well into your uh, Memorial Day weekend. I hope you guys are having uh, enjoying some family time, enjoying some remembrance time. Remember the reason for this weekend. And also um, just uh, taking advantage of uh, just the, the, the things we have available in our country and... Uh, um, yeah, it should be a really good long weekend. It's a long weekend for us, and so we have a family day tomorrow on Friday. Uh, I'm recording this on Thursday, my normal recording day. And then we have um, Monday as the regular federal uh, holiday off. So looking forward to a, a long weekend. Got a lot of fitness plan. Got a lot of movies planned. We're, we already got a... Um, doing a couple's date uh, uh we're gonna go see top gun maverick yeah on friday night and so we tried to ask our kids like hey you guys interested in watching the movie they're like pass and i said you're not even american what are you talking about how are you gonna, how dare you not want to go see top gun maverick and the wifey was like they have no nostalgia for that it's not a part of their childhood like it was for us i was like all right fair whatever good i don't want to spend the money on them anyway and so we're going to be um watching top gun maverick on friday night and then i'll be throwing down murph on saturday morning with our uh, portions of our seven eight seven ish crew at a uh, revival fitness and so looking forward to a good weekend of uh um just a lot of good activities and and, and i'm very um uh feel uh, grateful for all the time that we're going to have spending with the uh, spending with some teammates spending with some family and it's going to be a good overall weekend this is also wrapping down, or winding down, I should say, the uh, Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month, right, for the month of May. And so I've been seeing a really, really good amount of um, activities and all kind of stuff. Finally, we're getting uh, uh, back to, you know, last year was a lot more virtual than otherwise. This year, it's not a lot of more in-person um, uh, events. And so very happy to see. I've seen great food festivals and dance um, uh, uh, dance uh, uh, demonstrations, stuff like that, just kind of showing off our culture. And it's a really, really exciting time. And I'm very proud for everybody's uh, efforts. So I had to kind of figure out what I'm going to do for my part. And so this week, actually, it happened last week. I was actually asked, well, <laughs> here's the funny part. I was not asked. One of my former mentors, uh, um, actually, she's still currently a mentor, Colonel Trish Chank. She actually signed up to be a guest speaker at a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers group to be their um, uh, a Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month speaker, and uh, she has since uh, transitioned. So she actually started her new job on that on the day where they asked her to do the speech, and then she was like, "Hey, would you do me a solid? And would you mind giving the speech?" I'm like, "Sure." Sounds good to me. I, whatever it is, it's virtual. Um, I had the option to drive, but I didn't want to drive like a whatever four hours to get to a speech, and so um, I ended up doing it virtual. 
And so you never know exactly how virtual speech is going to happen. So it took me like a little while. I was just the backup. And so I ended up um, crafting some ideas and I came up with a speech. Uh, I, I just wrote first the title. Uh, it's called Leading with Aloha. That's obviously the, the name of this episode. And so I already gave the speech last Friday and I asked them to record it. And because things are just the way they are, it got messed up and it didn't get recorded because I was not kidding going to recycle that speech and make it a podcast episode this week. Unfortunately, uh, it was not properly recorded. And so I will be giving the speech again. So hopefully round two actually be really good. And so, yeah, just want to give, do my contribution for uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And uh, yeah, so just want to share, it's just sharing stories. And uh, the name of uh, um, the episode, Leading with Aloha, I think uh, kind of um, will make sense as I give the speech. And so what I have going on is um, kind of give the background. So if you didn't know, so I'm a uh, Filipino American. And so my, uh, my family are all uh, Filipino immigrants, right? And so they came um, uh, for the Philippines. And yet I was actually born, and I, was, I was born in Lakenheath in England because my dad um, was uh, in the Air Force at the time. And so um, my story kind of, I knew I was technically born in Lakenheath, but uh, I was raised in Hawaii, right? And so raised in Hawaii, my, my father was first stationed at Wheeler Air Force Base, then Schofield Barracks, and then eventually Hickam Air Force Base at the time. And so, but my family preponderance, the preponderance of my family is, lives in Hawaii, right? And so, um, you know, if you, if you didn't really know, my, my dad's father is a, he was a, reti- he is a retired chief warrant officer for, from the U.S. Coast Guard. And so my dad was actually born in San Francisco. My mom was actually born on Lan- the island of Lanai in Hawaii. And so technically she'd be the closest to being Hawaiian. But, uh, um, but then everybody, they all went to um, uh, high school and stuff like that in Hawaii, and then I grew up, you know, my dad got a couple of assignments, came back to Hawaii, and I was raised in Hawaii, basically from like 80, I don't know, like 83-ish to like 92-ish. And so that's where the preponderance of my family is. I call, home, I call Hawaii home. And so um, it was really cool. I loved being around my family. We had all the, the normal kind of local things. I quickly realized that like I didn't really... Um, I just recognized Hawaii being Hawaii. I didn't realize it was actually a huge uh, mixing pot of a lot of Asian American or Asian uh, cultures because I just grew up. It was just local people. I just uh, when you hear the term local to me from Hawaii, that means you just have an appreciation for everything. But it's just it's a lifestyle when you live a local lifestyle. And so fast forward a little bit and eventually like 93 ish, we um, we move. My dad gets stationed at Luke Air Force Base. And so we got to move from Hawaii to Arizona. So when I moved to Arizona, this is some crazy stuff. Like I had to learn that they were different other Asian cultures. I didn't know. Like I I would go to the I would be we'd be in the food court at Metro Center. Shout out that mall doesn't even exist anymore in in Arizona. But um, I would go. They had like a Panda Express. And I'm like, yeah, I want sushi and Manapua and Spam Musubi. And people are like yeah we don't have those kind of things and my mom was like those things don't exist here because this is this is a chinese american uh, restaurant you're asking for japanese local hawaiian i had to learn like where all these actual parts of uh types of food came from so it was just kind of weird i'm like i just grew up like uh i grew up where if you've ever been to hawaii you've been to ala moana shopping center it's a, the world i think it might be the world's largest open air uh mall a gigantic food court that has freaking every single kind of food that you want. And so I didn't realize just when I was growing up, like, oh, this is the Vietnamese place. This is the Chinese place. This is Japanese place. I just recognized it as one place. And then I just uh, had to quickly learn like, oh, this is where, where, where they actually come from, from the different cultures within, um, uh, within Asia. And so it was just kind of a weird piece I was growing up. 
as I as I uh, started to attend uh, middle school, high school in Arizona, and then eventually, uh, well, yeah, middle school, high school, I eventually there weren't a lot of Asian Americans where we lived around, and so maybe small pockets, whatever it is. A lot of them were in the church I used to go to in Luke Air Force Base, but not in my high school. So in high school specifically, I actually hung out with. It depends on who, what time of day it was, right? And so, like, I'd say for the majority of the uh, the actual school day, my social circle was just whoever happened to be in the AP classes because I was a nerd. So whatever AP classmates I had, that's what I hung out with. Lunchtime, I hung out with some of the uh, um, uh, predominantly Hispanic students. And so we were just into, because we were into hip-hop music, graffiti, um, lowriders, all that kind of stuff. And there were also some of my, my after-school and evening crew. But then I also had my other um, uh, art club crew, the Mystical Artist Guild of Innovation and Creation, Magic. Yes, I was part of an art club in high school. It was amazing. And so there was all a bunch of nerds in anime and drawing and comics and stuff like that. And so I just kind of fit in. As a military brat, like I had to just kind of adapt to where um, whatever uh, where I can make friends, especially in high school. And I think my kids had to do the same thing as well. So, um, and I kind of like, with the last name like Avila, a lot of people would assume that I'm Hispanic. And so like, I'm like, no, I'm Filipino, but I'm, I'm from Hawaii and stuff like that. And like, oh, okay. And it wasn't really, I didn't get into shaming yet. Uh, being shamed is not as good. First of all, it's kind of funny to be potentially shamed for two cultures being not Asian enough or not Hispanic enough. That's beside the point. When I moved to college, I ended up... Um, because uh, um, in, in Flagstaff in Northern Arizona, there's a large preponderance of Native American students. And one time I remember when somebody asked me, they're like, hey, what tribe are you from? And I was like, Hawaii. What do you, I don't know what you're saying right now. They're they like, you're not Native? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, dude, I thought you were Native. I was like, no. And, and I get it a little bit from my, my um, just the, the facial features I guess I have. Could I could potentially pass off as a Native American? I don't think so. But like maybe at a certain point in time, um, uh, I, that could have happened. And so I hung out like in college, I just kind of hung out with everybody. It was all my Air Force RTC uh, um, uh, friends and just the, my, my uh, CIS classes, whoever it was, and my work teammates, just all kinds of diversity kind of stuff. So finally, like as I joined joining the Air Force, I kind of realized that like as my career progressed, that their um, part of how I grew up actually started to inform. I didn't realize it, and but and this is why I'm, I'm going to talk about leading with Aloha. A lot of stuff from my childhood and how my family raised me kind of heavily influenced my leadership style. Even through like you know the formative events of high school and college, it was my childhood, my my upbringing that actually uh, had the strongest. I had the strongest bond with. So that's kind of want to share with you about uh, this week as far as like leading with Aloha, that Hawaiian lifestyle, that that spirit of Aloha, the spirit of love that I think and kindness that I think really. Uh, shaped me to be the leader that I am today. And I think I'm going to talk about some, uh, I have three, three kind of lines of effort. I always talk about things in three, if you notice that. I have three things that uh, kind of shape my, my, my uh, perspective as how I tend to lead with Aloha. And I'm going to tell some things just from the perspective and lens of being a Asian American that grew up in Hawaii. The stuff I'm talking about is definitely not going to be only like, you know, it's not like they have the monopoly. Our community has a monopoly on this. You could apply this to really any kind of leader, uh, other community. But like, I'm just going to tell you my story and how I how I grew up and what is instilled in me and helps me become the leader I am today. So uh, first one. Um, respect for your past. And so I learned some Hawaiian words. So you have two words, kanaka. Kanaka means uh, actually Hawaiian people or original Hawaiian people. And then you also have kupuna, kupuna being um, grandparents or the elders. And so there's a lot of parts as far as like where in the Hawaiian culture, you actually, it's, 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 you know, a lot of the passed down kind of stories. And there's a huge amount of respect for our past and um, the Hawaiian people, what they endured and uh, trying to preserve the Hawaiian culture. And a lot of that is they teach that a lot. My kids, at first, 
I think they didn't really care to want to do some of the Hawaiian uh, culture uh, classes. I thought it was amazing. Like you get to go to the Polynesian Cultural Center. You get to learn how poi is made. You get to learn how huts are made. You learn about sailing. There's all kinds of cool stuff in the Hawaiian culture. And that's because we have a respect for our past. And so three things I think about for respecting for our past is we often stand on the shoulders of giants. So we need to seek out those stories and retain the parts that make sense to you. And a lot of it is listening, listening, listening. If you ever have your if you're fortunate enough to have your grandparents kind of tell you stories of where how they, Hawaii, you know, when my grandparents tell me stuff that's growing up Lanai, growing up Oahu, it's just crazy kind of stuff that they had that they um, uh, uh, lived through. And it's just kind of a yeah, I I, I want to be I want to understand those stories because it's just important. It kind of helps shape like the the their their version of the world, and it's important for me to understand their perspective that way uh, when I interface with them, or even if I kind of carry the words. It's as a younger generation compared to my grandparents, I want to make sure that I understand some of those key stories so I can kind of carry those traditions forward. Uh, item number two, just because something happened in the past, it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to keep on happening. And the opposite works as well. So what I think about is like, you know, and it's kind of weird when you think about especially the state of our nation in 2022, it seems like we're regressing. It seems like some of the violence and the um uh, racial things and uh, choices for life and uh, human choice it, it just we, we I thought we made some decisions like 23 20 30 years ago now all of a sudden things are kind of getting kind of wonky and so it's just kind of odd as far as like how do we how do we things that happened in the past the bad things they're bad things is don't, let's don't do them again right we, we should have evolved as a community as a, as a nation in order to make sure that uh, we don't repeat those mistakes obviously there's a lot of things in the past that we're probably not proud of so let's just do be better just do better and make sure that we become um the best version of our community that we can be and so the same thing has happened as well the opposite what i mean is if something didn't happen in the past that doesn't mean it can't so maybe you're going to be the first uh um a female leader of a squadron or a wing or something like that or the face first asian american to hold like a certain kind of a um, position that's cool that's that's something to strive for and i think we want to celebrate those things and and all those opportunities are because we earned it not just to become a poster child or something or whatever it is like no 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 we're we're the right person and the right leader at the right time and we're the ones that are going to carry the ball forward and so just kind of think think about that as part of respect for our past and then um, the last piece for respect for our past is maintaining traditions can help bring multiple generations together. I mentioned, you know, the, the idea of listening to stories from the past because it's a way to connect from um, with the with the present. And so I try and um, tell stories as far as like, hey, so when I hear about stories from my grandparents or the older generation, even my mom, what they went through, I will tell those stories to my kids because I think it's important for them to understand like, oh, that's what Papa and Tutu went through. I'm like, yeah, it was kind of crazy back in the day or we didn't this this uh, the H3 highway didn't exist going to North Shore and so the reason why when I was growing up I didn't go to North Shore a lot because you had to t it took forever to get to North Shore and like my dad would be like why go to North Shore when you can go to Ala Moana Beach which is a terrible beach but that's beside the point we were little kids and so that idea of just like kind of telling perspective and and uh, sharing those stories across multiple generations I do think all three of those respecting for your past can make you a really really good leader and that idea of understanding studying um forming your own opinion i think that's fine but like idea of like not just ignoring it you have to have respect for the past and part of that is just um you know respecting the elders that kind of you know paved the way for you and making sure that you pay them respect and um do the best to make sure you don't embarrass them and uh you become a, a, a even better version of what they even uh, achieved in the past hey what's up team this is gabriel gabrock avila Leading in the modern military across multiple generations takes a constantly evolving set of skills to ensure no one is left behind. 
Being selected to serve as a squadron commander in the Air Force is potentially the greatest level of influence you can have on people that will last for the rest of their career. My new book, No Pressure, provides practical advice and reality-tested recommendations to leaders on how you can successfully serve across your command tour and be the inspirational leader everyone needs you to be. Be inspired at any echelon within your unit to not be another cog in the machine and be the leader you've always wanted to follow. You can buy your copy of No Pressure at constantelevation.co, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble to include the ebook versions. Don't wait for the future. Define the future. Item number two is, um, especially for uh, leading with Aloha, I believe is the responsibility to educate and educate and develop the younger generation. And so the, the Hawaiian word for this one is keiki, which means children, but I'm going to generalize it to um, the younger generation. So three points for there as well. So at some point, you will become them. So be sure to be a positive version. So that started becoming when I um, uh, started attending some some Colonel Charm School kind of classes. They were just saying like, hey, so remember the time when you were always shaking your fist like, if only senior leaders would do this or they're not listening to me and they don't get it, whatever it is. Guess what? Now I am they. Now I am in that in that group where um, people are going to start making general assumptions about me because I just I'm either disconnected or my way the way I grew up through the Air Force is a little bit different and um, therefore it only it it has to be exactly the same way. No, it doesn't have to be the same way. I, I need to be able to make sure I'm a positive person and understand how to bridge the gap between my generation and the younger generations. And that's just a part of making sure you, you're not, I can't be a stubborn leader. I need to understand the world changes, the world evolves. The only thing that constant that's constant is change and elevation. See what I did there. And so the idea is it's my responsibility to make sure I'm a good positive version of what um, uh, on the senior leader side of the Air Force uh, should operate like. Item number two, evolution of becoming a leader and then coaching leaders. And so this is where we started. We had a panel where we had some group commanders talking to us. And one of the things they were talking about is, hey, so you've been leading a lot right now. And, and the, at, at the group command level, what happens is you have some really strong squadron commanders out there. You're no longer leading. You may be leading them to a degree, but more likely you're coaching them because they're the ones actually at that important squadron commander level that's going to be leading people getting the mission done and all that jazz. And so, yeah, it's just kind of as you are trying to figure out your responsibility to younger generation, you have to kind of walk away from that idea. Like I used to, I remember when I did that job five years ago, like, okay, cool. That was five years ago. Everything has changed since then. And arguably that's not your job anymore. Your job is the next level and you're going to be trying to groom them to be a replacement, to be your eventual replacement. And so that idea of, you know, you, you, that spectrum of becoming a leader, becoming a leader, and then eventually coaching other leaders. I'm looking forward to that. I, I find my, I'm finding my groove as far as where moving into my next job as a, another division chief and working with some strong branch chiefs. I'm going to be coaching leaders. I'm, I, I have full confidence that they can uh, lead and they only need a little bit of uh, guidance. Not a little bit. They need the appropriate guidance depending on where they're at in their, in their career, but they're going to lead because I expect them to lead. Item number three is passing on your accomplishments and mistakes. Uh, because they are both equally important. So part of that is like where when I'm telling, you know, I'm a, I like to be a storyteller. That's why I have a podcast. And I tell all the highs and lows because I believe that kind of transparency and just sharing that like, hey, so, you know, not everything is is uh, rosy as you, as you kind of progress up the ladder. There's going to be some tough days and you got to share those stories with the younger generation to let them know you're a human being, to let them know that you struggle with stuff. Maybe you need some time off. You struggle with the same parenting or coaching or um, um, marriage relationship uh, issues just like anybody else. Um, 
it, it's, it's good. It's important for you to be transparent like that because that just demonstrates that you're not above everything, um, but you are, and it's okay to be like that. If you're going to ask for help, if you're going to do whatever it is to make sure that you can kind of keep yourself together, asking for help and being uh, vulnerable is important. And I think that's a really good model and an example to, to set for our younger generation. So those are the three things I think are our responsibility to educating, developing the younger generation, the keiki of our community. Finally, it's going to probably the most important when it kind of wraps everything around is just treating each other with kindness. And that's just the spirit of Aloha. If you look up Aloha, there's a tons of definitions behind the whole thing. But like I use that word um, a lot to just kind of speak with it's a different it's probably a much better version of don't be an asshole um just uh, lead with aloha because if you just kind of the island lifestyle is just one of just welcoming and inclusiveness and kindness that's why i resonate it so much if you're just a nice person you'd be surprised how much you can get leadership get things done just be nice that's it it doesn't mean you can't be firm it doesn't mean you can't be um uh um, direct when you need to but if it's coming from that intent of kindness that part is going to actually kind of reverberate across your organization and people are going to be are going to want to work for you even harder because they understand that the job needs to get done but you're treating them with respect you're treating them with dignity treating them with kindness treat people with aloha i really believe it can be you can be the best version of a leader that you want to be First item for that is uh, the enduring culture. Okay, so this is a hot take. An enduring culture or the spirit of aloha can outlast any short-term diversity, equality, inclusion effort. I believe that. I believe that like DEI things I think right now are, you know, uh, when I was back in Alaska, the the buzzwords were were, um, uh, uh, why am I? the I word in the innovation and resiliency, those things became numb to me after a while. And I have a feeling that DEI, we're getting on that cusp where those words are, are losing some of the, the firepower behind them. And so we have to figure out ways. I'm not saying that uh, the ideas behind those uh, efforts are not worthwhile. They are. But like you have to figure out a way to make sure it doesn't get watered down. And so to me, the culture of Hawaii, the culture of just live, of aloha is something that actually everybody can across multiple things. And it's never going to go away. It, it'd be like saying the word aloha doesn't mean anything or kindness will will go out of it doesn't it's enduring you, you want to make those we can come up with these fancy buzzwords now just figure out the right words that make sense that across everybody aloha i believe that's one of those words this is kind of like off but like if you if you follow me for a while um uh doing i think one of season three of constant elevation um this next item actually makes sense have consideration for your environment and so i actually mean like the physical world environment around you specifically the nature or environment around you um when we were into COVID, I actually over the span of a year i just walked like this two mile loop in in my neighborhood and picked up about over 200 pounds of trash just because because I was sick and tired of seeing the trash on the ground. And so I would just put on gloves, get a big garbage bag, and keep on picking up trash. I actually had some people recognize me like, hey, are you the, uh, are you the guy that picks up trash? I was like, yeah. Why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm sick and tired of seeing trash. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll give you 20% off beer today. I'm like, okay, I'm not mad about that. It was just, I, I want to I wanna live in a nice world. And so uh, if I could do something about it and just simply pick up trash, I'll do my part. All of us have some individual kind of... Um, behaviors that could probably be tune in a little bit more maybe like uh you don't have to drive maybe you ride your bike maybe you just go um uh, plant trying your thing away planting your own garden and and being uh um uh self-producing on on your your food intake but like those things are just we only have one world so i'm very particular about like trying to do things that respect the hawaiian word is aina the land and so we only hawaii is you live on islands and so you only have so much land you have to take care of it if you don't take care of it the land will come back at you you're 
not kidding. You'll, it'll, it won't be able to raise any crops. The, the waves and the oceans and everything is going to be uh, turning against you, and it's going to be uninhabitable. So you have to have respect for your environment. So if I if uh, if it's I, I know it's a one off. It doesn't necessarily apply to leadership, but I do think just as a better world, we're going to be better off if we take care of our Aina. And finally, uh, kind of last point for treating each other with the kindness, treating each other with aloha. I think this wraps around. Be thankful f- for everything. Be thankful for your blessings and try to share them when possible. That's just being kind. I think we, we sort of realized during COVID that, um, you know, we worked best when we could work as a community. We can share, you know, you, no one liked the person that was hoarding all the toilet paper or now the baby formula or whatever. It's like, no, 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 we need to share because we're a community. So we're fortunate to have some sort of thing, resource in the, in the world. Let's be kind and actually try and share it with each other. I try and do that with my knowledge. I try and share it with this podcast. And, you know, I want hopefully my legacy will be of a leader that uh, just led with Aloha. I don't get it perfect, but I do want to make sure that I have my own brand of method of leadership, that I think there's somebody in there. If I get to positively influence even a small handful of leaders in the Air Force, I personally am going to be very grateful that I've made the Air Force a little bit better when I joined it and when I left it because I led with Aloha. So. Uh, that being said, that's what I want to talk about this week, team. Again, so uh, congratulations to everybody who achieved and ran the Asian American, excuse me, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month events. You guys did awesome, um, and uh, yeah, and have a safe Memorial Day. And remember what the weekend's all about. Don't forget about it. And we will talk to you next month. Yes, that is correct. Aloha. Thanks for tuning in to Constant Elevation. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Visit our site at constantelevation.co. Find and follow us on Facebook at constantelevation.co. And like and follow me on Instagram at at gaybrock01. As always, don't wait for the future. Define the future.